The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. With available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Oh, it feels so good to be here today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a very special start time with the early edge in our NFL futures prop spectacular. Over the course of the next 30 to 45 minutes, two of my absolute very best are going to break down props from a position standpoint. We're going to talk awards, and you better have your paper. You better have your pencil because there's a lot to talk about, a lot of picks, and we want you to be ready to cash. So what do I do? When I need to do this show better than anybody else, I call two of the best prop bettors in the business. You know him. You love him. First and foremost, he is the counselor of cash. Sian Ajad, good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon, coach. Good afternoon, Proppy. We are two and two. That's not a Chuck Woolery reference. It's an Emmett Smith reference. We're 22 days away from NFL kickoff. Cannot wait. That's exactly right. If you are watching live right now, three weeks from tomorrow, Lions Chiefs live from Arrowhead. And our next expert, oh, you know him. And he's like a caged animal. He's like a rabid dog. He's been in the lab for months getting ready for today. Prop stars, good afternoon. Coach, Cousin Sia. Coach, you were not kidding. I have literally been in the lab for months preparing for this stream. I am chomping at the bit. I have never been more excited for an NFL season. I am so pumped up, guys. Translation, you don't need to go anywhere else. So, gentlemen, let's jump right into it. We're going to do this in different parts. If you watched our NFL Futures episode from Monday, and by the way, it's live in your feed. If you haven't done it, I encourage you to go and do that. Then you know we like to section it out. So we're going to start, gentlemen, if you don't mind, with positions. And the most important position in all of sports. And I know you two. You guys love me. You love how I run the brand. And you know that you would never start the show, either one of you. With an under, because you know Coach hates unders. So who would like to go first? Exactly. Proppy, you're up first. All right, Coach. We're talking quarterbacks. I want to preface by stating that it is rare when it comes to season-long player props that I will play an over. There are uh, exceptions to that rule. This is one of those. So I'm going to go with Jalen Hurts to throw at least 23 touchdown passes. This is a very low number for the quarterback of this Philadelphia Eagles offense, which in my opinion, and I think most pundits' opinion, is going to be one of the more explosive offenses in the NFL this season. Weapons all over the place. We got a glimpse last season. Hurts 
threw 22 touchdown passes in 15 games. A lot of those games he was sitting during the second half. He missed the final three weeks or four weeks of the season uh, with that injury as well. So that 22 number, in my opinion, is far closer to Hertz's floor than his ceiling. I also think he's going to continue to develop as a pocket passer we saw the development occur last season made some real strides i expect that to continue uh, after signing that mega extension this year there's just weapons all over the place for this eagles offense that i think is going to be extremely potent when i am playing season long overs which again is a rare occurrence i need to feel comfortable that the quarterback or the player in this case jalen hurts can get there in three quarters of the season uh due to the amount of injuries that one player can you know uh, naturally uh, take on during the course of the season. So this is a number, in my opinion, that Hurts can get to playing just 12 to 14 games. If he puts in a full 17-game season, he will breeze over 23 uh, passing touchdowns. Did you have one other with Mac Jones, perhaps? Or did we take that off the board? Uh, I apologize, Coach. Yes, there is another one that I liked quite a bit. Mac Jones, under 19 and a half passing touchdowns. Uh, great spot to fade, Mac, in my opinion, who is going to be quarterback in this New England offense. We saw last year he was in and out of the doghouse in Bill Belichick's doghouse last season. Bailey Zappi got playing time. If you look at across at this New England, uh, his weapons, we're looking at the slowest receiver group and tight end group in the league, in my opinion. Juju Smith-Schuster uh, maybe the fastest receiver on the field this guy hasn't been able to separate since he entered the NFL. Ramondre Stevenson, who ran a 4-5-6-40, actually has the fastest 40 time of all of New England's skill position players. So I think this New England offense is going to really struggle. I think Mac Jones has regressed since he's entered the league, Coach. And I also think he may not even play the full season because of the struggles. I think we'll see Bailey Zappi end up uh, getting some starts in as well. So it's an excellent spot to fade Mac Jones, in my opinion. So we have an over and an under. See, I'm coming to you. Why do you like the quarterback in Detroit to fade him? Yeah, well, it's the Rams, actually, and it's Matthew oh, Stafford. Used to play there. Yeah. Detroit. But you know what? You know what happened, Coach? Yeah. You associated my under in the Detroit Lions with, you know, <laughs> just being bad. And so that's where that's where you went with it. But I'm taking Matthew Stafford under 3,700 and a half passing yards at minus 110. You can get this over at DraftKings. Listen, the question you have to ask yourself when it comes to the Rams is how good is this team going to be? I mean, they are going to be, I think, one of the doormats of the league. So you've got that sort of factored in, and it begs the question, does Stetson Bennett get time at the end of the season? But let's just say for the sake of argument that that doesn't factor in. We have Matthew Stafford, who's 35 years old and has a pretty long history lately of injuries. So the question of whether he he goes the full season, I think the answer to that is most likely no. Nine games last year, he averaged 232 yards a game. What is that? If you project a 17-game season, what does that project out to? 3,944. So he sort of barely clears it if he plays 17 games. But more likely, we're looking at somewhere, in my opinion, between 10 and 15 games. At 15 games, he's only at 3,480 passing yards. Again, that 15-game, it assumes no injury. I really like Matthew Stafford's under 3,700 and a half passing yards. They almost didn't. It didn't seem like they wanted to bring him back this year. So with the injuries as well, he's a little injury prone. I love that under play. All right, let's switch to wide receivers. And see ya. I'm coming right back to you. Because when you start to see a wide receiver that now is into a second or third year, they really make a leap. Who do you like here? Yeah, you're absolutely right. I love how you just put that because it's Chris Olave. Chris Olave's touchdown total 
is five and a half, and it's actually juiced to the under here. And I think Chris Olave is going to have a breakout season. He had a really nice season as a rookie last year. Now he gets Derek Carr, who's more prone to throwing it downfield. And either way, as a second-year receiver, I think Chris Olave, who had four touchdowns last year on 119 targets, I think we're going to see an increase in touchdown production, but also in targets. And honestly, from a receiver core standpoint, even if Michael Thomas is healthy, Chris Olave is the alpha in this group. And for the record, the Saints defense, they they really got revamped. They lost some guys in free agency. I think this defense is going to wilt a little bit. And I think Derek Carr and company are going to have to pass the ball a little bit more than is expected. Therefore, I think Chris Olave's targets go up. I think his touchdowns go up. And pretty much everything goes up from a reception and anything else standpoint. So Chris Olave, plus money, at plus 100, over five and a half touchdowns. Again, I think you're right, Coach. This is potentially a breakout year for him. Yeah, it's all about the quarterback throwing it to him as well. Proppy, I'm coming over to you. You like three different receivers in this category. Talk to me. I do, Coach. I also love Chris Olave, so really like that pick. I'll have more information on Olave on a pick later. But, yeah, we're going to start with Tyreek Hill. I'm going under 1,300 receiving yards. That is just a gargantuan number, even for a receiver of the caliber of Tyreek Hill. Uh, for starters, Tyreek Hill can have a great season and still stay under this. He averages 15.4 games played, 1,191 yards. Uh, he's a or he's been held under this in five of seven seasons that he's played in the NFL. I also really think that he's tied to Tua here. I think if Tua doesn't play, that Tyreek is going to have a hard time. Uh, and I believe Tua is one concussion away from a potential season-ending injury. There are just so many ways that he can stay under. This is an inflated number coming off of a career year. Really good spot to fade Tyreek Hill here under 13,500 yards. And now I'm going to go to Cooper Cup, and I'm going to go under 1,200. 150 yards. A lot of the same principles that I like with fading Tyreek are applicable to Cooper Cup. He's already dealt with numerous injuries throughout his career. He's only actually eclipsed 1,190 yards twice in his career. Uh, he's been held under 1,000 yards in his uh, additional uh, five other seasons in the NFL. So honestly, that 1,940-yard season was far closer to an outlier uh, than him not having a lot of production, in my opinion. Uh, very much tied to Matthew Stafford as well. I, I think if Stafford's not playing quarterback, he's going to have a really hard time being productive. We also saw last year in the first 10 games of the season what that offense looked like with him as the primary target, just getting force-fed. 15 to 20 targets per game. You just cannot sustain that level of targets when you're getting those, uh, running those routes over the intermediate portions of the field and just absorbing that much contact. We saw Cooper Cup wear down and just dealt with a variety of injuries, only ended up playing or appearing in nine games, I believe, already dealing with a soft tissue hamstring injury in training camp, which is not a good sign as we head into week one. So I think Cooper Cup is an excellent fade here under 1,250 yards. And then I'm going to talk about one of the more underrated wide receivers in the NFL, one of the rare exceptions that I mentioned earlier when it comes to uh, going over on a season-long player prop. That is Brandon I over 775 receiving yards. He has quietly become one of the better wide receivers in the league, in my opinion. Just came off his first 1,000-yard season, despite playing in one of the lowest-volume passing offenses in the NFL uh, with a coach with a carousel at quarterback as well. We saw uh, Jimmy G, obviously, Brock Purdy, uh, Trey Lance all throwing to him. So I think with a more stable quarterback uh, in San Francisco, we're really going to see Ayuk ascend as that number one option. In my opinion, he's sort of elevated 
elevated himself over George Kittle, over Debo Samuel as the more reliable target. Certainly been a more durable player, which you love to see when you're looking at these season-long player props as well. This number, in my opinion, is way closer to his floor than his ceiling. He has a ceiling of potentially 11, 1,200 yards, 775 yards. He can get within 10 to 12 games, in my opinion. So that's going to be a theme when I'm looking at these season-long numbers. We're talking a lot about their, we're talking a lot about, a lot about their floors and their ceilings. And again, this number is way closer to Ayuk's floor of 775 and a half yards. So I'm going over there on the season for him, Coach. So much great information from the wide receiver position. I've got one more name. And during this offseason, didn't you find it weird, Sia, that a lot of big-time running backs didn't have a home until the last week or two, making it very, very difficult to predict what any of them are going to do because they may not even know the offense in week one by then. But you have one name that you have found a prop that you like from a running back. Who is it? Yeah, I'm going to go with James Cook, and I'm going to go with his over in touchdowns, over three and a half, which, again, another plus number, plus 100. Listen, you know, I used the word alpha when it came to Chris Olave. I think James Cook is the alpha in this backfield, and I don't think it's really disputed at this point, right? We have Damian Harris, who is already banged up, but even if he is sort of the short goal line guy to some degree, I think James Cook is going to see a ton of touches in the passing game and the running game. And for the record, even if Damian Harris or Josh Allen take over the the green zone, if you will, or inside the five for, for the most part, we know James Cook can make a house call from the 50, the 40, the 30, and so on. So three and a half touchdowns on such a powerhouse team where there's so many weapons, particularly through the passing game. Now they've added Dalton Kincaid to their passing core. you got to respect Josh Allen's arm, and I really think James Cook is going to have a lot of holes open up for him because of that. So James Cook, over three and a half touchdowns, uh, feels like an easier one to me at plus 100. Rushing I touchdowns, agree. by the way. You- you both have found really good numbers on guys and numbers that I think are are off. And that's why we do this episode every single year. I f- freaking love it. Boss Dome says Prop Stars is firing on all cylinders. I told you. I told you. He'd be excited. We're easing into it. We're easing into the season. And now the season is three weeks from tomorrow. And we are so lucky. And I say it all the time, but so lucky to be working for one of the big networks that carries the NFL. How about a little tease? A reminder, every single Friday, we're still deciding on the time, 4 o'clock or 4.30. I think it's going to be 4. You're going to see Prop Star. You're going to see Uncle Dave and a brand new member of Hashtag The Crew on our prop show every single Friday. So if you don't see any names you like on this episode, don't worry. We'll have you covered every single week. Now, the next segment we're going to do, we're going to it new markets or long shots. Just kind of something that, If you play it, don't expect it to cash. But if it does, oh, it'll be pretty nice. Now, see, I'm going to start with you because about three minutes ago, Prop Stars said Tyreek Hill will go under 1,300 yards. However, you don't seem to think so. Explain yourself. Yeah, I don't seem to think so. But in this long shot market, what we're talking about is ceiling outcomes. And, and, you know, Proppy alluded to that in his last take. So while I understand Prop Star's take in terms of the under of 1,300, I think he, I think Tyreek Hill is going to go over. But his ceiling outcome is to lead the league in receiving yards. So that's my play at plus 1,000, 10 to 1. Give me Tyreek Hill to lead the league in receiving yards. He was third in the league in targets, by the way, last year. He was only 14 targets behind monster Justin Jefferson. He was second in the league in yards last year with 1,710. So he wasn't that far behind. And for the record, when it comes to Justin Jefferson, while I love him and I think he's a great fan, to play and all those things he 
might lead the league again. Let's let's relax on like him duplicating what happened last year. In the fourth quarter alone, the Minnesota Vikings scored 169 points. Just to give you some perspective, that's 10 points per quarter, which would that that would be a rate of 40 points per game just for the Minnesota Vikings. I don't think in that, by the way, inured to the benefit of Justin Jefferson. So guys like Justin Jefferson, I think, could take a step back. And I think Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, too. We know the Miami Dolphins. It's really concentrated from a target share standpoint. It's Tyreek Hill, it's Jalen Waddle, and it's pretty much nobody else. So this guy after the catch is so good. I really believe in Tyreek Hill. I think he can have that ceiling outcome. No, he certainly has the skills to do it. Everything lines up right and Tua stays healthy. Proppy, let's come over to you. You've got four different names, and I absolutely love them. Talk to me. Yeah, Coach, we're going to start with Chris Olave to lead the NFC South in receiving yards. You can find this around plus 150 to plus 200. This is a really creative way, in my opinion, to back Olave. Sia mentioned him at the top. I absolutely agree with Sia. I am all in on Chris Olave. I think he had one of the more impressive rookie seasons of any wide receiver in NFL history, honestly. He was fifth in yards per route run, which, in my opinion, is the most effective metric at grading wide receivers. Uh, absolutely phenomenal. He only played in 15 games, still eclipsed a thousand yards. He was actually a part-time player in the Saints offense. They platooned at wide receiver. They lined him up in the slot. They lined him up outside. It didn't matter where he won everywhere. Short, intermediate, deep. He was so effective, got open as well as any wide receiver in the league. Big upgrade at quarterback, in my opinion, with Carr coming over from the Raiders. So I love Olave to potentially lead the NFC South in receiving yards, especially looking at the rest of the competition. Carolina really doesn't have a lot of good receiving talent. Uh, the Bucks are going to be led by Baker Mayfield, uh, which I don't think is going to be a high-volume passing offense. And Atlanta will be led by Desmond Ritter, who, again, isn't going to throw the ball very much. So I think Olave is going to lead that division in pretty much every receiving category. And I like all of Olave's props as well. Then we're going to take a look at Justin Herbert to lead the NFL in regular season passing yards. He's finished second in this category two consecutive years. Uh, I think this Chargers offense is ready to explode. They have weapons Everywhere drafted the rookie out of TCU, Quinton Johnston, in the first round. He's basically a clone of Mike Williams. So you have these two huge big body boundary receivers who both can win in the red zone. You have Keenan Allen going over the middle of the field, one of the best slot receivers in the NFL. Austin Eckler, who is one of the most dynamic weapons as well. And Jared Everett, who had a breakout year at tight end. So I think Herbert is going to throw the ball all over the place. And this Chargers offense is going to uh, have to score a lot of points. So I think the defense is going to put them in a lot of high scoring environments. So love Justin Herbert to potentially lead the NFL in passing yards. You can find that at six to seven to one. Love those odds. We just talked about Austin Eckler briefly. I like him to potentially lead the NFL in rushing touchdowns. You can get this at 14 to 15 to one odds. So a great price here. I think this number is suppressed because when you look at Austin Eckler, he doesn't have the traditional size of a big bodied running back. He's small in stature, but he has a Knows for the end zone, uh, reminiscent of Marshall Falk, in my opinion. Uh, he was second in the NFL in rushing touchdowns last year to Jamal Williams. He finished with the same amount of rushing touchdowns as Derrick Henry. Talked about this Chargers offense upgrading, being healthy. I think it's going to be very explosive, and I really think Eckler is going to be a huge beneficiary of that, and he's going to get a ton of red zone uh, rushing attempts, which he was highly efficient with last season. So I love him to 
potentially lead the NFL in rushing touchdowns. And then not last but not least, I'm going to take a look at Amon Ross St. Brown to lead the NFL in receptions. You can get this at plus 1,800 or 18-1 to odds. This is tremendous value in my opinion. He finished with 106 receptions. That was fifth in the NFL last season. Only Tyreek Hill and Justin Jefferson finished over over 110 receptions. So Amon Ra was very close to being in the mix for this last season. Only had 146 targets as well. If we look at the top five guys who finished above Amon Ra, they had 20 to 30 more targets than him. Coming into this season, I think that he's going to be leaned on heavily. DJ Chark, TJ Hawkinson, uh, DeAndre Swift all vacated that Detroit offense, leaving Amon as the guy. Also, Jamison Williams the exciting second-year wide receiver is suspended over the first six games, and he's dealing with an injury as well. So I really think that Goff is going to lean heavily on the slot master, Amon Ross St. Brown. Could see a big uptick in volume, in targets, which is what you're looking for when you're playing these long-shot markets. So love his chances to potentially lead the NFL in receptions, Coach. Quick question. Where is that Chris Olavi play? Where can you find it at? DraftKings. DraftKings, see ya. They're asking about over four and a half for James Cook. I believe plus 125. Would you still like it there? Well, I mean, it depends. If he can get the price on the three and a half, there's a big chasm between three and a half and four and a half. So I think he's going to surpass four and a half. I like the plus number, but I'd much rather take the number I gave out. Okay, very, very good. All right, now we're going to speed it up. We're going to speed it up, but not before I tell you. I told you we dominate football at CBS, but I love to remind you. And with all of the movement in college football, it's easy to forget where everybody lands. But we've got two of the absolute very best conferences right here at CBS. Quick question, Sia. Anyone considering bad teams tanking and resting rookies or their young skill pieces? No, not really. I mean, if anything, a bad team would probably want to play their young skill pieces and get them primed for year two. I mean, that doesn't really happen in the NFL. If anything, they're arresting veterans, which for the record goes back to my Matthew Stafford play. I I think the Rams are going to be so bad this year. I don't see why you would even play Matthew Stafford if you just drafted Stetson Bennett. You got Brett Rippon behind him. May as well give those guys a shot on a lost season. By the way, if you're watching us live, just yesterday the Colts announced that Anthony Richardson will be the starting quarterback in Indianapolis for the Colts. Amazing for the young stud. Uh, he's going to be – I think he's going to be a really, really good quarterback. And I like the fact they're going to play him. Throw him in. See what happens. All right. This is what we're going to call the speed round. 45 seconds or less, gentlemen. All right? And we're going to go through all of the awards that can be won this year. Are we ready? Are we ready? All right, here we go. Prop stars, I'm starting you. You're going to do comeback player of the year. Go. Yeah, I like Russell Wilson to potentially win this at 20 to 1 odds, coach. This is largely a quarterback award, and it's largely a narrative driven award. We saw Russell Wilson have a terrible season last year. Pretty much everything that could go wrong did go wrong. Got Sean Payton in Denver now calling the shots. Uh, I think he's going to look a lot more like that version, the former, uh, you know, Super Bowl MVP version that we saw in Seattle than what we saw last year. And he had such a down year that really, uh, a jump in production isn't a lot to ask. And I think it'll go a long way to potentially winning this award. Calling shots and throwing shots as well is Sean Payton. See ya. What say you? 
Yeah, you know, I have an official play here, but I, I want to mention another play on top of the official play. The other play is DeMar Hamlin. I mean, you want a narrative, and boy, oh boy, is that a good narrative at minus 285. Now, am I willing to pay that price knowing that, you know, DeMar could just have a regular injury or something like that? I probably don't want to play that. So what I'm actually going to play is John Mechie at plus 2,800. Speaking of narratives, oh my gosh, this guy has had to overcome so much. In the SEC championship game two years ago, he tore his ACL. And then he gets drafted 44, probably would have been earlier, and then gets diagnosed with leukemia and has to sit out the entire 2022 season. And oh, by the way, he's really good. Again, getting drafted 44th after tearing his ACL. I think this guy is going to start in the slot for Houston. A lot of garbage time, a lot of stats to pick up. And this guy is a big-time comeback story. Good question in the chat from Big Cheese. He says, Coach, can you educate how many units is reasonable for season-long player props as opposed to week-long? Prop, you want to take that one? Uh, really depends on what you're comfortable with. I start the season kind of with a designated amount of units that I'm willing to risk over the course of the season. And then from there, I sort of allot them based on how many I'm going to put into season long bets, how many I'm going to put towards long shots. So generally speaking, it's what you're comfortable with. I'm personally comfortable putting up to 25 to 30 percent of my bankroll into the futures market, but I'm also heavily invested in it. So it's kind of just personal preference. All right. Very, very good. Now, last year, you guys don't get the the joy of getting to interact like we do. The entire crew does all the time. And nothing drove prop stars more crazy than Desmond Ritter not getting into the lineup sooner. Is that true, Proppy? That, is, is, that, that true? is true. I was high on him coming to the season, Coach. For the Offensive Rookie of the Year. And that's where we find ourselves right now. So, Proppy, why don't you start us off? What do you like here? Yeah, we're going to go Anthony Richardson to potentially win this. He just got the sh- just got uh, announced as the starter for the Colts. This guy is the size of Cam Newton with the speed of Lamar Jackson. I think he is the most freak athlete that we have ever seen at the quarterback position. Only started basically a season in college, so very thought to be very raw, but Everything that I've heard regarding how he's looked in training camp, uh, all of his teammates have just raved about how mature he is and how much more developed he is than uh, people were expecting. I think Gardner Minshew was thought to go in to start the first maybe couple of games, but I think uh, Richardson has blown everyone's socks off. Looks absolutely amazing. When people see this guy's skill set, he's going to light the league on fire. Love his chances to potentially win this award at 6-1 to one odds. I can't wait to see that. Counselor, where are you headed? I'm going to Bijan Robinson as the Offensive Rookie of the Year at plus 300. Listen, I mean, the Atlanta Falcons, we talked about it on the Futures Show on Monday where I actually had them to win the division. And it was in part because they invested in the defense and they have a pretty easy schedule and I think they're live to win their division. And all those things actually help Bijan Robinson because the defense is going to be better. They're not going to be having to come back as much because they're going to be able to run the ball. And frankly... Let's actually look at what happened last year with this running game. Tyler Algier, fifth round investment. You know how many yards he rushed for? Over 1,000. And by the way, his yards per carry was 4.9. That's only 0.2 behind Nick Chubb, who I absolutely love. What do you think Bijan Robinson is going to do with that system and with that offensive line? I absolutely love it. Give me Bijan Robinson to the moon, plus 300. This dude in college was something else, wasn't he? Boy, he was something else in college. So let's flip the script now. Let's go to the defensive side of the ball. And see, I'm going to run right back to you. Who do you like for defensive rookie of the year? This is actually amazing because I thought I was taking this very obscure long shot. And we don't discuss our picks before the show. I have no, no. idea what Proppy is going to do. And I see right here as I scroll down a little bit. 
oh, Proppy's got a manual Forbes as well. I've got him at plus 2,000. And some of you are asking, um, who's Emmanuel Forbes? Okay, well, he's the defensive back drafted by the Washington Commanders as the 16th overall pick. He is very slight in frame, 6 feet, 170 pounds, 4-3-5-40, but he has great cover skills. And honestly, when you consider the front seven of the Washington Commanders, that is the strength of this team, and it's one of the big strengths in the NFL, their front four in particular. They are going to wreak havoc over passes, and what is that going to cause? It's going to cause some quick throws, some bad throws, and Emmanuel Forbes is very instinctual. He's got great hands. He's going to be able to take advantage of that. So I could see him having a couple of house calls, having a handful of interceptions and key tackles, and that might be enough for the defensive rookie of the year. Proppy, back him up. Yeah, absolutely love the spot. I believe the commanders got one of the best defenders in the draft when they selected him 16th overall. He was a three-year standout at Mississippi State. He had 14 interceptions. He returned six of those four defensive touchdowns. That is an NCAA record in the SEC. Talk about production. It does not get better than that. Those skills tend to typically translate very quickly to the NFL. He is very bendy. He has elite everything reminds me a lot of sauce Gardner who won this very award last season he's also going to a very good defense particularly a good defensive backfield as well so I think he's going to be in a really good position to win this award love to see you on this as well did want to mention real quick regarding Bijan Robinson uh, I do like that pick quite a bit as well uh, I think that he is in a great position to potentially lead the NFL in rushing yards which you can get at close to 10 to 12 to 1 odds as well so just a little bonus pick for something else for you guys to take a look at look at proppy always taking care of you at home do you want to do the work i didn't think so now it's one thing to be offensive or defensive player of the year it's a completely different story to be a part of all of it and see you already said a name that you like for offensive player of the year who am i talking about if you all remember the prop show from last year with me proppy coach and of course uncle dave I was taking Nick Chubb props, like, again, to the moon. I hate to abuse that phrase, but they kept going up, right? If you recall, some of you were on me, and we, we, it would be like 87 rushing yard total. Then it would, it would go up to like 91. We kept hitting the over, and he kept hitting it. He averaged 5.1 yards per carry last year, over 1,500 total yards, 302 carries. This guy is going to get the ball, but I think this year it's going to be even better. And the reason is because Deshaun Watson is going to have a full year and a full camp under his belt. He had some games last year, but they also got Elijah Moore. They still have Amari Cooper. They've got David Njoku. You cannot load the box every time against the Cleveland Browns. I think Nick Chubb is one of the best runners in the league. He'll probably catch a few more balls, too. But I, I really like him as Offensive Player of the Year. I, I could honestly see him sniffing close to 2,000 rushing yards this year. All right, let's flip the script to the defensive side of the ball. And, Proppy, I'm going to come to you. Who do you think is going to be collectively the defensive NFL Player of the Year? Yeah, I think Hassan Reddick of the Philadelphia Eagles is a tremendous value coach. You can find this at 25 to 1 odds. I also like his chances to lead the NFL in sacks, which you can get at 18 to 1 odds. He had a dominant debut season with the Eagles last year, finished with 16 sacks. That was second in the NFL, only to Nick Bosa's 18 and a half. The Eagles have a new defensive coordinator. Last year, uh, Jonathan Gannon, who was the defensive coordinator, uh, now the Cardinals head coach, really didn't utilize Hassan Reddick as a pass rusher nearly as much 
much as he should have. If we're looking at all the guys that finished with a top 10 in sacks, uh, Reddick had the fewest pass rush snaps in the league of all those players. So there is a lot of room for him to play a lot more. We know how dominant this Eagles defense looks to potentially be on paper, just studs all over the field. He's going to face a lot of one-on-one matchups that I think he's going to absolutely just get after quarterbacks all year long. I could be the best defense. He could be the best player on what is likely to be one of the best defenses in the league that often translates to winning the defensive player of the year award. He's an excellent value here, in my opinion, at 25 to one odds. I heard the last name Bosa. See, I'm coming to you. Yeah, let's go, Joey Bosa. You know, I scrolled and I scrolled and I scrolled and I finally found Joey Bosa at 45 to 1. Really like that play. Now, I think the Chargers defense is actually going to be a little bit better than people think, especially if Joey Bosa is healthy. And we know when he's healthy. We've seen it in the NFL and at Ohio State. He is an absolute menace. He forces a lot of turnovers, gets a lot of sacks, has a lot of tackles. And for the record, the Chargers play six primetime games. That's tied for the most with the Chiefs, the Buffalo Bills, and the Dallas Cowboys. So I think he's going to be featured. And if this offense is as good as Proppy thinks and is as good as I think, then what's going to happen to opposing opposing teams? They're going to have to pass the ball a lot. That's going to put Bosa in a lot of really advantageous positions to have some strip sacks, to have some sacks, maybe drop back and have some interceptions. I think he is going to wreak havoc on the NFL this year as long as he's healthy. Love the 45 to 1. And both of these guys, in all likelihood, will be right there at the end. So if you want to have the best numbers, play them before the season. Because probably when you get to week 16 or week 17, they'll be all the way like plus 300 or plus 200, probably neck and neck. Probably neck and neck. All right. We have come to the final pick of the show. And apparently, Counselor didn't watch the award-winning quarterback show on Netflix, which is featured around my quarterback number 15. But apparently you think someplace outside of Kansas City is going to have the MVP of the league. Who do you have? Well, keeping with the NFC East, I'm glad Terrell Owens made an appearance on the show. That was actually a pretty good impression. That's my quarterback. <laughs> That's my teammate. Oh, it's beautiful. I, I love you. Um, Hall of Famer for sure. Jalen Hurts is going to be your MVP. Listen, this is really tough because I like the San Francisco 49ers potentially to win the Super Bowl and to win the NFC. The NFC. I think they're really, they really match up well. But when it comes to their quarterback, I don't think Brock Purdy is going to win the MVP. And it just Jalen Hurts. And, you know, Proppy said it at the beginning of the show. He is trending so well. This offense, they are really versatile with their passing game. And I absolutely love it. They pass a lot in the first half. And then they just sort of like rest on the run in the second half. They're so dynamic. And I think Jalen Hurts is going to enjoy the fruits of that. And honestly, when you got arguably the best team, you got a guy that's going to be playing a lot of primetime games, a guy that's already proven, a guy that can do it with his legs and his arm and has a ton of skill position weapons. Uh, it's hard for me to to go against that unless it's like plus 600, plus 700, like a Pat Mahomes number, but it's plus 1200. So that I can take. Well, I looked at their schedule because, you know, we're huge on TikTok these days. And I believe the Eagles will win their first eight games. I think they'll go eight and zero before they even have a test. Now, we all know, Proppy, you're a big time Eagles fan. How much do you like? I know you don't have a pick here because we don't force anything. For those of you at home, understand you don't have to force anything. But why do you like Jalen Hurst to have a good year? 
Yeah, I just think for a lot of the reasons that Sia laid out, he's just in a really good position. We've seen him make strides every single year. He's been in the league. Huge improvements, has just a plethora of dynamic weapons all over the place. He's playing on arguably the best team in the NFL and a lot of primetime positions. Those are all the boxes that you look for when looking at potential MVPs. If he has a good year and the Eagles finish, you know, 13 and four, uh, he's going to have a great chance to win this award. I think he would have probably won the award last year had he not gotten hurt at the end of the season as well. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling we're going to be saying Jalen Hurts. Well, we probably won't because when you're trying to get into the club, he's never going to be north of plus 1,000. But if he is, who can send that email in first is what I'm saying. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Now, many of you, one other little nugget before my guys close the show, that for futures, here's what you need to do. Make the bet and never look at it again because it will drive you absolutely insane to look at your cue every single day. Just make it. Forget about it. And then we'll remind you when we get to December. Now, you guys know I like to close every one of our shows, specialty shows, asking my guys what the number one most important thing they're looking forward to is. In the prop market, Sia, what is it for you? Yeah, I'm looking for some of these running backs, you know, who have been really kind of cast aside from a salary standpoint and kind of being been deemed irrelevant. I, I'm looking for some of these guys to really – shine i'm looking for nick chubb for example you know when it comes to that offensive uh, offensive player of the year i do think from a narrative standpoint maybe some of the writers or whoever votes on that is going to want to give it to a running back because of what sort of happened to the position so Bijan robinson nick chubb saquon barkley i'm really intrigued by how they help their teams how they help their offenses and how far they get into the playoffs because i think running backs matter probably what about you yeah, I've noticed that there's been somewhat of a paradigm shift in the season-long player prop market, Coach. Uh, in previous years, historically, you could pretty much blindly play unders and have a pretty high hit rate and success rate. I think the market has largely adjusted. We're seeing lower numbers uh, across the board, but we're looking at quarterbacks, wide receivers, running backs that we've seen as far as the season-long props are concerned. It's just something to be conscious of and aware of, probably playing a few more overs than I typically have in years past. And I would suggest to people to look at those numbers as well and factor that into your decision-making process. For those of you who have been a part of the early early edge the last couple of years, and you know that Proppy's educated us that there's a lot more ways for an under to come in than for an over to come in. All right, grab your paper, grab your pencil. Here is a recap courtesy of the snake, always on the ones and the twos. Counselor, season-long props. Matthew Staff, we're going under 3,700 and a half. Chris Olave over five and a half touchdowns. James Cook over three and a half rushing touchdowns. Uh, big difference between three and a half and four and a half. Be very, very careful. Then Tyreek Hill, the most receiving yards in the entire league at plus 1,000. Then over with prop stars, Jalen Hurts over 22 and a half. Mac Jones, let's go under 19 and a half touchdowns. Tyreek Hill under. Theoretically, both could hit for CAM prop stars. Probably won't because you'll probably see a 16 or a 1,700 lead the league, but they could. Cooper Cup, he's dynamic. Under 1250. Maybe they're starting to figure him out. Maybe they'll double team him. Brandon Ayuk over 775 and a half receiving yards. Then new Marcus Long Shots. Chris Olave to lead the NFC South. Just the division in receiving yards. Love that. Justin Herbert, most regular season passing yards. Austin Eckler, he is a touchdown machine. And if we ever play him at plus 1,000, it's a lie. And you know what I'm talking about, Proppy. And Amon Ross, St. Brown, to lead the NFL in receptions at plus 1,800. Then, the awards, futures, comeback player of the year, DeMar Hamlet. Well, I mean, at minus 285, if he's even on the field, 
How does he not win it? But, but John Mechie is probably the one you want to play if you really want to win it. Offensive rookie of the year, Bijan Robinson, Emmanuel Forbes, defensive, offensive, Nick Chubb, defensive player of the year, Joey Bosa, and most valuable player, Jalen Hurts. Prop stars, his comeback player of the year, Russell Wilson, new head coach, no more entourage. He's got to be a part of the team. And then offensive rookie of the year, Anthony Richardson of the Colts. He'll be the starter. And defensive rookie of the year, Emmanuel Forbes, plus 2,000. And defensive player of the year, Hassan Reddick. I believe one of my two guys has the winner. I don't know who's it going to be, Joey or Hassan, but it'll be fun to watch this throughout the year. Do not forget, if you are watching us live right now, we'll be live tomorrow, Thursday, with our exotics. Our exotics. And you know EC is going to be a part of that episode. But if you've missed any of it, you haven't watched the early wedge in your feed on this channel right now, you never want to miss one single second of our content. Turn on your notifications. And as soon as we start a show, ding, there you have it. And we appreciate all of you. We know this is the middle of the day, but you find us and it means the world to us. So with all that being said, and Brock, don't think I didn't see what Big Cheesy wrote because I did. There's only one thing left to do. And I believe you all know what that is. Chiefs repeat. You've got your marching orders. Let's take all of these player prop futures straight to the pay window. For my entire crew, Lomo, Counselor, Proppy, Snake, always doing the work behind the scenes. I am simply the coach trying to keep this train on said track. We grind for you so we can win with you. I love the NFL. It's what we're all about. Have a great day from the early edge. Good luck. Good luck.